Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Hey, Pro Football Playbook fans, how you doing? Welcome into the show. My name is Bill Alfstead. I'm your host, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're going to talk uh, NFL coaching carousel stuff today. So uh, all the firings, talk about. potential hirings. We've got lists, GMs. We, we came to talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a there's a lot a lot to talk about. So um, the average per season is six point eight. Um, that's since the since the year 2000 um, we've averaged 6.8 head coaching uh, changes per season and this year we've already got eight so we already hit the over um, and yeah. there's still there's still a couple question marks that could be answered so uh, interestingly we like I mean I, I doubt we're going to hit the record which I believe is 11 yeah. but um, but we, we may see still... one we may see one more or something you know that's kind of out there um, mm-hmm. but I think that you know most to get this thing handled fairly quickly so uh in uh, you know i noticed that the um a team like the jaguars for example which is interesting because they, they kind of had the first opening per se they kind of got a jump on on everything um and uh with urban meyer being let go early they kind of had interim uh coaching and then they were an early exit so they were just right on it and they've basically interviewed as many people as possible right out of the gate. You know, yeah, and if, you're a, a wide if, you're a, if you're a coaching candidate, you know, and you just want to go get some practice before things get really serious, even if you may not be completely interested in this job, it'd be a great thing to just go in and like go through the interview process. Um, Jim Caldwell, Doug Peterson, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore, Alabama OC, Bill O'Brien, which is interesting to me. Uh, yeah. They've got scheduled Panthers or excuse me, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, as well as Colts uh, defensive coordinator Matt Eberfluss. And um, so, you know, and, and the top of that list that I mentioned, the top four or five guys, I mean, that's the list where that's, everyone's yeah. wanting one of those guys this year. This is this is kind of a, you, an interesting you missed, time. You missed one name uh, in particular, or all well, two actually that are that are going to get a lot of play. Yes. One would be um, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator right. of the Chiefs, and Cowboys defensive coordinator and former uh, head coach of the Falcons, Dan Quinn. Um, those are the two, and, and you can add Brian Flores to that now too. Oh yeah, know, and and yeah. from the from the Miami Dolphins so that was probably the most unexpected of I all agree. the firings like that yeah. that one just didn't make any sense to me but they, were, under- they seem like an ascending team not a descending team and it's kind of interesting that you would fire a coach like that fire and, a coach and that had a very a, coveted that will be very coveted around the league it just doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to me well okay so what I heard with that one is that um ownership wanted some changes on the coaching staff they felt like Part yeah. of the reason why they got off to the zero and seven start before the eight and no run um, got them back into the playoff push, and then eventually they lost again. But um, they they thought the zero and seven start had to do with a few uh, coordinators, uh, like you know, 
and they wanted some changes made at the coordinator level on the coaching mm-hmm. staff. And uh, Flores decided to stand up for his guys. Yeah. And that's yep. what led. That's what led. You know, the same um, same thing happened with the Houston Texans job where mm-hmm. David Coley got fired today. Um, he basically they came to him and said, "We want the a different offensive coordinator." Offensive offense was ranked thirty second in the NFL, and yep. he he stuck by his guns and said, "No, I want I want the same guys back next year." Um, and he got and so they and let he him got go. Fired. And he got yep. fired. You know, it's interesting that we talk about that specific thing because I was thinking about the situation in Seattle uh, with Pete Carroll. And uh, last year that kind of happened uh, mm-hmm. where they had end of season meetings. They didn't have agreement with Pete and Brian Schottenheimer and he was let go. Um, this year, I thought maybe there was a chance when they had their end of season meetings that they might go to Pete and say, you know, we want some changes. Things didn't go as well as we wanted to. Um, how about Ken Norton Jr.? You know, do we need to make a change on the defensive side of the ball? Or, hey, Pete, uh, we know you've been really involved in personnel decisions over a long period of time, but let's let's take that piece and give it completely to John Schneider and um, you just coach because you're awesome at that. Mm-hmm. And uh, And Pete could say, no, I'm I'm standing up for my guy. I've I've been with Ken Norton for forever. He did a great job. You guys don't know what you're talking about. You know, I was there. Blah 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 blah. I'd rather resign. And I could see that happening, even though I think it's a long shot. But yeah, those sorts of things do happen. They do. Um, in in that manner, you just don't know about it until it actually happens. So yeah, I mean, I, I, he that that spot is one of those that people are watching. Um, you know, Mike Florio has mentioned, you know, that Pete Carroll might be gone. And, and I think he's the only one and it's speculation because he's not connected to anyone near the team. Yeah, right. um, and the people who are that have better connections have, are all have saying, backed off, have backed off the early thoughts of this might yeah. be it. Now yeah. that they've kind of made their little run at the end. Yep. I think it helps. You know, and plus Pete never really lost that team. You know, that's, no. a, that's a big kind of cue. Yep on some of these decisions is uh were the, were the players still playing for pete at the end absolutely they were they were and, they were definitely and when we got to talk about the giants and joe judge like that was a coach who had lost his team just completely mm. there was there right. was there they i mean anytime you you line up uh at third and nine you you go into you know goal line formation with three tight ends and run a quarterback sneak <laughs> um you're gonna lose your team because i had a buddy you know, when they let Gettleman go, uh, or reti- he retired, quote-unquote, um, I had a buddy. I said, uh, you know, Judge is going too. And he was like, I don't know, man. I'm hearing indications that they want to keep him. And I was like, Mm-mm. no, no, they're not going to keep him. I don't even know why they waited a day. I think they waited a day so he could have a meeting with everyone and let everyone know, and then they let him go. That's just kind of the protocol. Um, but, I, you know, and then I, I saw that Brian Flores was – let go and i was thinking you know brian flores would be a, actually a really good coach in new york yeah um, he, that would be a great fit i think that would be a great fit and i just don't know how if it's going to happen or not so it'd be interesting why don't we go through this so the jaguars so the head coaching job Ern meyer was gone he was a complete disaster god he was horrible he was completely Absolutely. horrible not ready for prime time with adult human beings playing adult level football like he was used to like the college level where he could tell people what to do and kind of, I don't even know what's going on there with that 
kind of passive aggressive coaching thing. It just doesn't work in today's world. And uh, he was that guy. Um, but what do you think? Like they've already interviewed Jim Caldwell, uh, Doug Peterson, uh, who that both those guys have been out of football for a year. Todd, Todd Bowles, a defensive coordinator, uh, Brian Leftwich, which is an up and coming guy um, that everyone seems to be having really good things to say about. Kellen Moore, uh, mm-hmm. old uh, Boise State quarterback, has been around a little bit. Everyone likes his offensive designs. It'd be an interesting guy as a head coach. And then the Alabama offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, previously why? a head why coach. Is, for why Houston. is he getting he just, He got the GM job in Houston as well as the head coach and destroyed that franchise. Yeah. They're still picking, they're going to be picking up those pieces for probably three more years. Why would anyone ever hire him for a job again? Because he didn't just do a terrible job and like lead to a bunch of losses. He tore that franchise apart. He created rifts with star players and then shipped the star Why players. Why is even Alabama's OC? Like, I mean, that's a great program. So, I mean, you know, the, these guys get second chances. Maybe he just needs to have a more narrowly focused job. I think the GM thing was a complete disaster. We can all realize mm-hmm. that. But as a coach, I don't know. You know, I don't know enough about Bill O'Brien the person to understand how good of a coach he is or not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know him at, at all. All I know is his reputation, which, um, yeah. it's let's just say it's his reputation um, as a person, and uh, Urban Meyer's reputation as a person are very similar. Well, it's and it's hard to know not Keith, a good, though, because Bill O'Brien came out with uh, out of that extremely dysfunctional franchise. It's like the whole franchise, the, the, the Texans franchise to me was kind of, I mean, you heard that from guys like um, Dwayne Brown, offensive left tackle, mm-hmm. uh, who really wanted out of the, the, the Texans he, organization Yep, because of all of that. Not just Bill O'Brien, but everything, ownership, you know, all that stuff. So um, Minnesota moved on from Mike Zimmer, Mike mm-hmm. um, and um rick spielman yeah it was the spielman move that i thought was was more interesting because um zimmer was a guy that uh he's you know defensive mind a uh known as a great defensive coordinator but never seemed to really live up into the spotlight as the head coach and so you have this team that appears to just slightly underperform now they've made the playoffs and they've been competitive but they seem to just slightly underperform their roster um every year and then this year they just look bad and so i kind of didn't i didn't um i didn't ex- i didn't really expect him to be gone for most of the season but as the year just kind of continued to go down you could see the writing on the wall there um but the roster is viewed as being in good shape uh, and that's why the Spielman one was a little bit more um, surprising. But then what, you know, it's, it's the whole idea that, you know, Spielman's been able to um, hire a couple of coaches and neither, none of them worked out. So it's like, okay, let's have somebody else involved in yeah. hiring a head coach. And so that had a lot to do with that one. It, to me, that's still an attractive job. So I mean, I've got an interesting tidbit on this. So um, Catherine Rachie the Eagles VP of football operations. She's one of the highest ranking female executives in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been uh, requested to come in and interview for that GM job. 
So that's interesting to me. So that would be side, awesome. A side note to that: Susan uh, Toast Spencer was the first female GM in NFL history. Do you know the date? Do you know the team? No, I actually I don't. Isn't that crazy? So I don't know. 1983 with, with it, it, is it the Raiders with the Philadelphia Eagles with the Eagles? Okay, so because yeah. I know I know that um, under so, Al Davis. Um, yes, right. the for, former owner slash GM slash head coach, um, under Al Davis, that was a very, um, progressive forward looking franchise, um, that, you know, hired the first, uh, it, like Hispanic Amy Kraft coach or somebody and, like that. Uh, yep. Was, and, was the female uh, executive there. Yeah. She worked her way up from working in the mailroom. Uh, not really. She was a, she was a, a lawyer. Um, but she was an intern and she worked her way from there all the way up through to being the president of that organization and was Al Davis's like right hand through everything. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just absolutely brilliant as far as like running the business and knowing what it took and all those things. She is highly respected around the league, but her ability to, you know, continue uh, with other franchises is, um limited because of the politics of Al Davis who pushed the NFL in a lot of ways that made it better but also yeah. you know sued the, sued the NFL multiple times even well, though this was, was the same sort of thing with um with Leonard Toast from the Philadelphia Eagles you know they he first got into an ownership group in 1949 right it became a primary the primary owner in 69 won them they got him to a super bowl but but his daughter had come on like uh uh susan toast spencer uh she she had earned a law degree and so forth had came on to the um to the franchise and worked her way up and was really kind of a right hand person to her father running the franchise and advising her on all the legal aspects and contracts and all that kind of stuff and then um and then became the gm uh, so he installed his daughter, um, and during the time that he did that, they were going through a lot of um, a lot of stuff, and he was losing money, um, and and this franchise became very, very, very close to moving to Phoenix to become Phoenix's franchise, um, and so, that, but at the last minute, he agreed to a deal um in philadelphia to remain there and had like a 20-year lease for a dollar or something like that that they got on their stadium and all sorts of stuff and so he was able to make money again and then ended up selling the franchise like two or three years later and then she lost her job but um so that was the first one so it'd be interesting to to see a, a female gm in the nfl again i think you know not only that um minorities all that kind of stuff so i will say that if i was if i was um an owner. If I all of a sudden had, you know, uh, $10 billion to spend and went and bought an NFL team, one of the first people I would call would be Amy Trask. Yeah. Um, she's a good human being too. She's an awesome person, good human being, yeah. but also really smart when it comes to the NFL and just having her running the business, not just like, um, you know, football operations side of things is one thing, but having someone who just knows their stuff running the business um, and maximizing profitability. Like you can't go wrong with that. And, um, yep. Okay. So bears fired and everyone knew that this was going to happen. Fired Ryan Pace, GM at Matt Nagy, 
yep. as the head coach. They've interviewed former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson already and uh, Browns uh, VP player personnel Glenn Cook for the GM job on Wednesday. Today they interviewed Kwesi Adiafo Mensa from the Browns as well as Champ Kelly from the Browns for the GM job. They've requested to interview Bucks. Um, coordinators, offensive coordinator Brian Leftwich and DC Todd Bowles, also interested in Bills OC Brian Dabble and DC Leslie Frazier. So I've got all this stuff, like all yep. this information, and it's probably by the time that everyone listens to this show is going to be completely useless for me. But <laughs> I will say there's some, there are some interesting um, just interesting names in there because yeah. Todd, Todd Bowles is getting a lot of a lot of run in this cycle. Do people forget that he was really not a good head coach? And I know that like it's it, it it's one of those things. Some people learn and they actually excel in their second time around. Yes. Um, but Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was his third third time around technically. Yeah, um, technically right. Yeah. Because he had you know all those years in New England and then one year with the Jets and then basically got ousted as part of an ownership move and all of that. But. Um, and then went and went and played, you know, college football for a while, and then came back. Yeah, one obviously yep. very successful. So, but yeah, um, it is so, but it's it's one of those things where you look at that and you go, you know, Todd Bowles wasn't just, uh, no, you know, a, a guy that lost some games and whatever. He was just not a good coordinator or not a good coach. Just where did he coach like, again? Um, I just can't remember. It's I'm blanking on it. Um, and now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call one eight hundred Gambler. I don't remember. Uh, I was gonna say I thought it was. Is it, my brain goes, oh, it's the Bears, but I don't think that's right. And I actually, I think my brain is like, it's you know that cold weather city. Uh, it might have been the Browns. Um, that actually would make more sense. Uh, and so maybe that's why he's get, being given um, another look, is because every the Browns will make anyone look bad. Um, and so, uh, and that's not true currently, but it for. 20 years the browns would make any coach look bad i mean bill belichick had had to leave there um in order to get another job and actually show people he could coach and he's probably the best 
head coach in NFL history. So um, that tells you a little bit about the Browns. Um, but that's yeah. that the Chicago job, it, it's not, it, it isn't surprising at all that the coach and GM were let go. I was shocked that they were given another year and allowed to come do this year, especially given that they were in position to a, go down by the way, he was a head coach for the Jets. You were you were close. He you know, but he was in the he was in the Jets organization for in 2015. Okay. And for four years. So yeah. he really, you know, so it was it went I, 24 I, and 40, basically, I, my, his, was his record. In my in my mind, it, um, I was thinking of terrible franchise and the Browns fit. The Jets also fit that 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 description. So seemingly, teams, yeah, teams that can't win. <laughs> um, but back to the Bears, like we all knew, but they were in position to draft a quarterback, and they did in Justin Fields. Um, why do you I, that, let that Bears organization? I think would be an interesting organization for a head coach to go to. Why would you know? Because you... at some point you're going to have the Packers diminish as soon as Rodgers leaves. Yeah, and that might be an opportunity there. The rest of that division is terrible. Um, and you got you a know. good quarterback to work with yeah you got the light the lions who are awful and two teams that just fired their head coach and you got it you got that but why do you let that old regime um choose draft and use the rookie year development of a quarterback to let him go uh, and i'm not saying they should have kept him um they should have let him go but i just feel like they should have let him go a year ago so that mm -hmm. uh the coaching staff that came in yeah, um, and there were major calls to, to have there. him let go. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to move on to more so we can get through this stuff. Uh, Giants fire uh, head coach Joe Judge, um, and and Gettleman. We went through that. Uh, they've interviewed already Chiefs executive Ryan Poles for the job. Uh, Miami fires Brian Flores. We talked about that briefly. That was kind of a shocker. Uh, I think he's going to land on his feet, no problem. Um, oh, he's 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 arguably the hottest coaching you would like, think that he's probably going to be one of those guys yeah that's that's completely coveted uh broncos fire uh vic fangio uh he's probably one of the number one defensive coordinator options that are that mm -hmm. are out there uh, i don't know if he's going to land a head coaching job right away but i think that he's got a dc job no problem yep. um they're interested and requested interviews with Nathaniel Hackett and um, Patriots linebacker coach Jared Mayo. And then they've also already interviewed Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. Vikings, we already talked about. Houston, we talked about. The Raiders fired John Gruden. Interim coach is uh, John Bichia. He's went uh, seven and five. And to me, he could possibly earn his way onto being full time. He got him in he got him into the playoffs despite you know their coach could, didn't get fired because of being a bad coach the coach got fired because of you know emails showing that he was just a racist yes, and, right. and not not a good human um and it was just this huge like sudden thing and then suddenly he was gone and they were in the middle of a season where they were competitive and doing well and um you know, to get a team like they, they had this swoon in the middle where they looked bad, but then they rebounded and to get a team through that um, and get them into the playoffs. Like, that was amazing. It was an you, impressive coaching job. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you want to talk about culture and you want to talk about holding a team together, uh, a bunch of guys, a bunch of men who have individual agendas, especially when 
you know, stuff hits the fan. They also had the wide receiver um, in the in the DUI incident uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of the the season. It was just awful, and so it's like, and that's a lot. That's really a lot for any team. And um, I thought that they made it through there pretty well. And then Derek Carr uh, being into the playoffs for the first time um, is a great story. You know, it just is. And so it's uh, it's an interesting time in that organization. So that's the, those are choices that would be interesting uh, to be had. So anything else do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about individual coaches and opportunities? Or do you just want to let that go for, for a little well, while? I- I wanted to get your opinion on, um, so there's eight jobs available. What is the most attractive job to you? Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you obviously have to go with ready-made rosters. And if you're going to do that, you're going to take a look at the Broncos and the Vikings as being the opportunities. Um, the Vikings are, are a decent organization with a great fan base. Um, their fans are going to stick with them all the, all the time. They've got a great new stadium. Um, they've got a quarter under contract for another year. Uh, so you could have a transition year where you can build around that and win right away. Um, the Broncos are in the opposite camp. They've got a great roster, but no quarterback. And so they've got an opportunity this off season with the right coach to bring in his guy and kind of push that franchise in a, in a new direction. So both those would be interesting opportunities. I think both are well-run organizations at the very top and coveted by most teams um, and great fan bases, both. So, so um, interesting. it's interesting to me that you didn't say Miami. I was I, that, that was the next one I was just going to talk about. Given that of, of the teams that have coaching vacancies, they were the team that won the most games. Um, they have a nice roster. Uh, Tua really had a good year in the second half of the year, really kind of Mm -hmm. showed the development he needed to show. Um, (laughs) So you can look at them as having a good roster. Yeah, that's an ascending roster for sure. Yeah, that's an ascending roster for sure. And, you know, there's some talk about, well, I don't know really exactly about Tua, if he's going to be my guy, my main guy going forward for years to come. But he is a transition piece, worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And um, he's under contract for, for I think, three more seasons. And so you can you can work with that. Um, it's a cheap contract. That doesn't mean you, it prohibits you from bringing in another player to, to compete there. So that, that and, and you've got a decent roster where you're just filling certain position groups. You don't have to completely blow it up and start over. So that is kind of an attractive play. Of course, it's Miami, too. So playing in warm weather is attractive for a lot of coaches. I was going to say that living in Miami would be, you know, I mean, that's, that's an attractive idea. Just yeah. weather is always good and sure. warm and, and and young, young players like to play and like to go and, and be there. It's, yeah. it's kind of a, that, that place. The Jaguars is interesting. Um, poorly run franchise, poor coach that just left. Um, you had Brian Schottenheimer and what was the other guy, Keith? Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel. Bevel. Yeah. Um, he was ran the, that franchise for the last six six games or so. And actually, they were they played harder. Yeah. And they, for Daryl Bevel than they ever did for Urban yeah. Meyer. This was. And a I don't that, understand why Daryl Bevel is actually not getting a little bit of consideration there because at very he least is. he would be a steady influence. Uh, with he's, Trevor Lawrence and he's yeah. being given um, he 
he's in the mix, but it's one of those things where no one else is asking for Daryl Bevel. Um, you know, his, um, and so he'll, he'll get an interview, he'll have an opportunity and then they'll pick someone else. Um, but you know, like I said, they played significantly better and harder for him than they ever did for urban Meyer, which goes to tell you a little bit of just how awful the coach urban Meyer was there. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing to me too, Keith, was that the players that they did bring in to interview is the best of the best out of the current crop that's available mm -hmm. to coach. And all those guys went and interviewed with the intention of wanting the job. And so this yeah. is a job that people want. I think that they're going to draft high again this year. They're going to have First. opportunities to, yep. um, to add to their stockpile of young talent. Yep. And, um, that could be a, that could be a place where you could hopefully get to seven wins this season. And then be at be at five hundred or over in year two, mm -hmm. and be a playoff team that could do some damage in year three with with the quarterback that's that has the potential to be one of the best. So, well, you've got um, you've got a roster that just uh, kicked the Colts out of the playoffs by dominating them in week eighteen when the with the Colts need a, a win in your end for the playoffs, and they the guy that looked that game was horrible. Um, but the roster was good enough to do that. You've got uh, Trevor Lawrence and the first overall pick. So you've already got your quarterback. Um, yeah. And you've got the first overall pick. I mean, uh, you're looking, you know, we we'll would talk you about keep that pick, our, Keith? Um, I don't know. It depends on, on who, what people are offering me because I look at that and I look at the um, uh, Neil, the left tackle that is available and he's a kind of a transcendent uh left tackle mm -hmm. prospect and to give give um trevor lawrence an elite player on his blind side would be such a cool pairing and it's such a good thing and so i wouldn't i wouldn't be against sitting there and taking that i mean if a mm -hmm. team offered me uh, a boatload of picks to move up and i only had to drop down into four to four or five somewhere in there I'd think about it because boatload of picks, that's a roster that needs a boatload of talent, but yes. Um, right. Yeah. If you could get, if you could, if you could get an, yeah. you know, trade, trade first and then pick up a second deep late first or a top of the second round, uh, mm -hmm. second, and maybe a third. Yeah. For, for dropping down three spots. Sure. Because there's there, you know, there's a couple of elite, uh, defensive ends in this draft. There's, a, um, an elite safety in this draft. It's actually, not yeah. a not a bad year to have a top pick you know what i mean um right. as long as you don't need a quarterback then it is yeah. a bad year you to have get a top him a, pick. get him the best wide receiver in the draft you know on and on yeah yeah and so doing that kind of thing could it they're in good they're in good shape you are yeah. also you are also dealing with a franchise that um had the talent in order to get themselves to the afc championship game but couldn't do anything with it the following year and ended up dumping all of that talent and having the whole thing just fall apart on them because you've got a franchise with no history of winning at all. Um, and an owner that's never seen, um, you know, any kind of success other than that one, that one season, I would be leery of, you know, walking into a team that just, does not appear to know how to win. They don't appear to know what it takes to, to be a, a good NFL team. 
yeah, and not just it, on the field. You know what? And sometimes it sometimes it does take. You know, when you when you're a coach of, of the level that we've been talking about, it th- these guys have they believe in themselves. You know, that's why they're there. Mm-hmm. They believe in their program. They believe in their ability to 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 be successful, to recruit, to talk to players, to to you know have build a culture, all that stuff. So none of these guys are afraid to take on that sort of a challenge. Um, what what's the least attractive job out of the eight that are available? Oh man, the Bears have been run so poorly for such a long time, but I can't say the Bears. Um, the Giants have just been horrible as well. Yeah. But I think that they have an owner there, uh, Mora, that um, that truly believes and wants to win, um, and made the decision to to go in a different direction right now when I think it was a good time to go in a different direction. And so the Here's Giants the may not be as bad as you think they are. Here's Houston's, the problem. Houston's clearly the worst one. Houston's right clearly the worst one because the, the cupboard is bare as far as talent wise. They Yeah. And they've uh, got I a mean, real conundrum with their quarterback and that's the, yeah. within a legal situation that they, they may not get any value out of. Yep. So once, once the Deshaun Jackson like saga with the legals part and all of that, they will either move on from him and um, get a pile of draft picks or he'll end up, you know, the legal stuff will envelop him and and he'll just not be in the NFL anymore. And they'll cut him. Right. And, and and so then they gain a ton of cap room and all of that. Like once that's that situation, then that job becomes more um, attractive, but right now it's a mess. I would actually say that the, the, the giants are a close second. Because it isn't just, oh, yeah, you got the Mara family, which is well, well respected and all of that. What you have is the Mara family, which is a meddling ownership group. You've got two members of the Mara family that um, have, like, they, they work in the front office, one of which evaluates mm-hmm. like draft talent. Um, and so you are constantly, as a GM, um, you know, you're def- you're letting basically letting the owner draft your players because you've got his brother um, telling you who you have to draft. Uh, and I know that they say that that's not the case, but there's way too many, um, you know, Chris Canty, who's now a radio host, but he was a long time, um, you know, New York wow. Giants says, yeah, he, he has way more say than anyone will ever tell you. Um, and so well, it's hard to get around that. Yeah. And, and but so we'll see. they did have past success. So it's they, not they, like, you know, they did, but you got to go back and look at, and there's some history in there too. Uh, there was a point where uh, the NFL stepped in and says, you have to have this person run your team. Like they, the NFL hired um, a, a president and GM for the giants because they were being run so poorly that um and the market was too important yeah and so and then wow. you get you I go forgot from about the, that you go from there and um it this is this it it is a um, it is a market that has some success because you got the bill parcells era um and even the tom coughlin era um to some degree you know, they, I mean, they got a couple championships in there, even with the in the Eli Manning years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a history of just absolute dysfunctionalness and, and nepotism, um, right? And now you've got 
the the owner that's installed his you know his his family members in key positions in the front office for evaluating talent which is not unheard of unfortunately in the it's NFL. not i mean you have plenty of teams that have you know head coaches kids that are coaches and all that kind of stuff and owners that, that put themselves for the whatever yeah. but it, it's still a situation where if you come in you've got two of the owner's family members that are quote unquote imp- employees even though you can't ever fire them um and while the they say you have control do you really um and according to people who've been around that franchise you don't really um that those people have way more power and say than you ever should um and that is problematic and that right there makes that job not very attractive to me at all not to mention the fact that the roster is just not very good right well it's going to get better i mean they got two top 10 picks yep they've got an opportunity that doesn't hurt it's not gonna but it's not gonna show up probably for you know three or four years Mm -hmm. so we'll see we'll see if they're patient enough to make this this transition happen um all right i think that's good that's a wrap i mean that's basically all the information we've got it's fairly early in the process nobody's uh-huh. really gone out and hired anybody yet we've just had all the firings now you know by the end of this week the time we show up next week keith we'll have quite a few answers and uh, we we'll will be able to- and also one of the things that we've seen over is that um the best coordinators are in the playoffs and so and they're the ones we may not get a lot of answers right now, except for maybe Flores and Peterson, because they are unemployed and can 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 sign with anyone. But the team, yeah. the the coordinators that everyone wants, like Todd Bowles, Brian Left Left Leftwich, yeah, yep, um, Dan Quinn, they're all their teams are still playing, and so it will be some time before some of them become available to be hired, um, and this process will drag out a little bit. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at Alpstead NFL. The show's at PF underscore playbook and um, subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Just search for pro football playbook as well as YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button. So until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.